So when I say a lack of a spiritual awareness. So what he began to say to me, he said that there are many believers that we, he said, spiritually unaware except when it comes down to something that the enemy is doing. They are spiritually unaware, but they spend, believers, spend a lot of time talking about the attacks they under, the enemy is doing this, the enemy is doing that to them, and that's where the level of of spiritual awareness really resides. Now, of course, I'm not saying every single person, but he said there's a good amount. There's many, he said. And the thing is, they are spiritually unaware, again, except, except for when it comes down to what the enemy is doing, instead of exercising their authority in the spirit realm. Instead of exercising their authority. And he said that many are so carnal-minded in their thinking that it is literally preventing them from walking in authority and power. So let's take a look at Romans chapter 8. Now, with here in Romans chapter 8, let's see. I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 1 in Romans chapter 8. Again, as you turn in there, he's saying that many have been so carnal-minded and it's preventing them from walking in authority and in power. Romans chapter 8. Can I get somebody to read for me verses 1 through 8, please? Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. Thank you. And verse 8 said what now? Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those that are in the flesh. Those that operate from a carnal mindset. The Bible says up in verse 6, it says, For, it says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so it's important. We talk so much about us walking in the spirit of God. But I have seen, and maybe you have seen as well, 
there is this lack of understanding what it really means to walk in the Spirit. This walking in the Spirit. And then when what the Holy, and as he began to speak to me, he said, uh, 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 what he began to show me, and he said, uh, well, wait, show me. This is my words. And um, I come to realize that there is a lack of understanding when it comes to the role of the Holy Spirit in our life or the role of the Holy Ghost inside of our life, right? Uh, um, and so he began to show me the Holy Spirit has been watered down so much. And let me tell you, one way that it has been watered down, one way that the Holy Spirit has been watered down is it, most of the time when people talk about the Holy Spirit, it comes back to whether you talk in tongues or not. And that's about as far as it goes. It has been watered down. The Holy Spirit is so much more than us speaking in tongues or not. Most of the time when you hear teaching about the Holy Spirit, you're speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gifts of the Spirit in operation. But the Holy Spirit is so much more than that. And he said there has been a lack of understanding of his role in our lives. Of his role inside of our life. He said there, must have, there has to be a clear understanding to who the Holy Spirit is and how he operates inside of a believer's life. So the question is, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is he? Who is the Holy Spirit? We have a little interaction today at different points. So can somebody tell me in your own words, your own understanding, you don't have to go into no long, great detail, right? But who is the Holy Spirit? Anybody? The comforter. Anyone else? That ain't a trick question, though. The spirit of truth. That's right. Part of the God. Yeah. Right. He's part of the Godhead. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Anybody else? He's your guidance, which is the same as your conscience. Okay. He's your guidance. Yes. So, in this part of with him being the Godhead, right? Yes, sir. Spirit was in them. Yeah, I would say so. I would have to dig into that a little bit, but it may be in talk about his spirit. I would have to dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that one. I would have to dig into that a little bit more. Anyone else? Okay. How about this term? I heard that he's part of the Trinity. Very popular, right? It's something that we have, through the years, embraced. And there's nothing wrong with that. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the Trinity, you know, is three, right? But 
some of you may know, may not know, Trinity is not in the Bible. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. So where did it come from? Anybody know where Trinity come from? Roman Catholics, okay. Okay. Well, I did a little research on that because I have used the term and I heard the term. And a lot of times when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, as you said, he's part of the guy here, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In some circles, you hear the word the Trinity used, which is nothing wrong with that, right? But when you say that, there are some religions that will really challenge you on that. Will say, hey, they will say, hey, well, this is not in the Bible. Well, why are you saying Trinity for it? So there was a man. His name, I tried to pronounce this, were, um, his name was, um, his name was, his name was Intertulinium. It, it is spelled T-E-R-T. Tertullinium, I think it's pronounced. His name is spelled T-E-R-T-U-L-L-A-I-N. T-E-R-T-U-L-L-I-A-N. He was an early Christian writer and author. He actually lived, this is approximately, he lived from in 150 A.D. to 20 to um, to 220 A.D., so he lived approximately 70 years. Uh, uh, in 70 years, and he was the one that coined that phrase, Trinity, as as far as explaining the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and. But as we go forth, it's important that we begin, and, and, and preferably as we go through this teaching and others come forth that have raised their hand and said they want to teach, we're going to get a more deeper understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. So inside of the book of Hosea, chapter 4, verse 6, there's a very popular scripture that says, my people, they perish for a lack of knowledge. See, again, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He's part of the Godhead, right? But as we go forth, again, there's so much more to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was there in the very beginning of time. Can I get somebody to go? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1. And can I get somebody to read for me verses 1 through 2? Genesis 1, 1 through 2. It said his spirit was hovering on the face of the water. Can I get somebody to read verse 26 for me? Genesis 1, verse 26. 
let them rule over the flesh of the sea, the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Amen. Thank you. So, God said, let us, he didn't say let me, he said let us make man in our image and our likeness. So when we see even that, we see, so it does not define it, but it's very clear that us is plural, right? So there's more than one, right? Here we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit right there in the very beginning of time. Now, as we go through the scriptures, all through, all through um, the Old Testament, we, we read about the Spirit of God all through. All through the Old Testament, even inside of the Old Testament, there are um, the foreshadows of Christ. And when I say in a foreshadow, it's when like an author in literature, they write and they write things in a way to give you a glimpse, to give you a hint of what is to come, right? Of what is to come. So all through the Old Testament, as you read the Old Testament, we see shadows and, and foreshadows of Christ throughout the Old Testament. Now, there are some scriptures that I want us to take a look at. And then we're going to sort diving into it. Today is going to be a lot of foundation, kind of land of foundation to where we are going. So let's go to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Malachi, chapter 3. Now, as we are on our journey, we're kind of doing the journey, and, and um, we're going to hit over in the book of Luke in a moment. But can I get somebody to read Malachi chapter 3? And can, I, can someone read verse 1 for me? Malachi 3 verse 1. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, who you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. Yeah, thank you. He said, Behold, I will send my messenger who shall prepare the way for me. So who are they talking about right here? Hmm? He said that he, now this is a prophecy. This is prophet Malachi. He's given a prophecy. Who is that messenger that um, he shall prepare the way in? And for me. Okay. Well, it's a foreshadow. This is this is this is a this is a prophetic word. Alright? So over in the New Testament, let me ask you this question. Who? John the Baptist. This is a prophecy. In Malachi, about a messenger will come that will prepare the way, right? So we, so it's very important. Uh, um, I know a lot in the Old Testament is it is it's a bunch of prophecies that's leading to what is coming, right? So 
right here in Malachi, he said, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. The Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even, even, uh, um, even the messenger of, of um, the covenant. Right? And so, and so, so right here, it's talking about John the Baptist is coming. Right? Can I get somebody to go to me to the book of Isaiah chapter 7? Isaiah chapter 7. So as you turn to Isaiah chapter 7, uh, uh, verse 14, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it is very, 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 Can't quite hear you. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Isaiah chapter seven verse fourteen. Okay, I couldn't quite hear you. I'm sorry. Can you read it a little louder for me? I think we we in the wrong verse. Tell you what, we're gonna come back. Well, no, let me go ahead and give you uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Tell you what, we're going to come back to you in a moment, okay? We'll let somebody else read it. We're going to let you get another verse. Okay, so in Isaiah, this is a little easier one. So who is Isaiah talking about? Talking about Mary and Jesus. All right. All right. So in so uh, inside the book of Malachi, it was talking about John the Baptist one going before and preparing the way. Right? So we've got John the Baptist. In Isaiah chapter 7, 14. It was talking about uh, the Virgin Mary and Christ, right? Uh, the next verse is in the book of Joel, Joel chapter 2. In the book of Joel chapter 2, can you get somebody to read for me verses 27 and 28? You want to read this down for me? Okay. Joel, in chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. You can have to put some bass in that voice. I know you got it. Let me hear you.
prophesy. Thank you, sir. So, in Joel 2, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward. It shall come to pass afterward. Right here, this is a prophecy in Joel 2. We hear the same thing um, in the book, book of Acts. Inside of the upper room, when the Holy Spirit fell, and there was men there that began to say, these men are full of new wine. And the scripture said that Peter, he stood up and he said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. Right? This is that right there. This is what Joel spoke in a prophetic word. In a sense, after the Holy Spirit comes, right? He said that, um, he said that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughter and shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions. He said, sorry, and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Now, these were three accounts because in our journey dealing with the Holy Spirit and this teaching of all of us, going to different ones going to be involved in, we are on a journey. There, was, there were prophetic words spoken about what was going to come, what was going to come to pass. Now, very interesting, um, a few, well, a couple weeks ago, I was just, uh, uh, and when I was studying, um, you know, some things you can read, and sometimes things just kind of go past you, right? It was very interesting. When I was thinking about the Holy Spirit, my mind went to the book of Acts. That was a first encounter, that kind of encounter, right? But as I began to study, I'm like, whoa, no. How do I, like, I knew, but he took me back to, to other encounters, and it was dealing with John the Baptist. So I want us to go to um, the book of Luke, chapter 1. And we're going to cover a, a lot of scripture right now. Today we're going to cover a lot of scripture. Probably next week we're going to, I don't know, we'll see how things go next week. But as far as today, let's look at, um, put these glasses on so I can see. Let's go to Luke chapter 1. And let's start in verse 5. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. And it says, And there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest by the name of Zacharias, of the course of Eb, um, Abai, and his wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Verse 6, it says, And they both were righteous before God, walking in the commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. So I want to stop right there for just a second. So it says in verse 6, 
that they walked according to the ordinance of God. So you got to understand. Now, as we go down in, um, let's drop a little bit more. Down here in verse 7, it says, and they had no children because of, um, um, it says, um, because Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in age. It says, and it came to pass while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to, according to, uh, sorry, according to the customs of, of uh, the customs of the priest's office, was his lot to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zacharias saw him, and he was troubled and fell, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Let's pause right there for a second. Now, as we read that, these were two individuals, they walked upright before the Lord. And as we read down in the scripture, they had a desire for children, but his wife was barren. And then as it go on, um, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, your prayer has been heard. So I want to just stop right there for just a second. You have to understand there are times in your life that you may be living right. You may be doing what is required and it seems like your prayers are being hindered. But I want you to understand that you have is important to stay faithful. Because there, sometimes there are some believers, they go through this process of living right and trying to do right. And, and life is gone and they are praying and they are believing and it seems like it's not happening the way they want it to. And then what do most people do at that time? They begin to lean on to their own understanding of things. And then they, be trying, they will attempt to bring things to pass on their own accord. And when we do that, what happens is we get out of the will of God. And then it's almost like a vicious cycle of us trying to do what we want to do. And we just go through cycles. And it seems like we will never obtain the very thing that, the very thing that we wanted. But this, game, but on this angel, he said that your prayers were heard. Right? Then, um... Verse 14, it says, And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. It says, uh, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and strong drink neither wine nor... Sorry. Great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be what? Filled. With what? 
the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. So, right here, this angel of the Lord was speaking a word unto Zacharias. And it's very interesting. He said that he will be filled with the Holy Ghost even in his mother's womb. Now, God bless you. Now, we read a back. We read earlier, right? About the one that's coming forth. Right? So, this angel. This right here is one of the first accounts in the New Testament about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know, like, honestly, my mind went straight to Acts. But John the Baptist, well, it said, well, it didn't actually say his name just yet. But as we read on down, this was John the Baptist. So in um, verse 16, it says, And many of the children, many of the children of Israel, Shall he turn to the Lord thy God? <laughs> and he shall go before thee in the spirit of Elijah and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So then uh, in verse 18 it says, And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am old for for I am an old man, and my wife is stricken in years. And the angel answered and said unto him, I am and Gabriel. So any times, even as you go through the New Testament, when the angel of the Lord appears with a message, you read most of the time it well it this is the um, angel Gabriel, for he is a messenger. He is that one that comes forth and speaks, right? So, then um, it says, I am Gabriel, and stand in the presence of God. And um, it says, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee good tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my word, which, 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 shall, be, which shall be fulfilled in its season. Now, this angel came forth. They were believing for children, but they were well stricken in age, they were old. She was barren and plus, not only barren, she was past her childbearing years. Right? But God sent an angel. God had a set plan, a set thing. And there are times in our lives, y'all, that we may be believing God for something, asking God for something. And again, I want you to um, get steadfast in his word and what he has spoken I'm not saying it's going to take that long, but sometimes God is arranging things. Things are coming into alignment, right? And sometimes that very thing that you were believing God for, it may be just around the corner. 
before you try to figure things out on your own. So I want to just really encourage you to rest in the Lord, to rest in him, and see what it is that he wants to do in his timing. Because the thing is, you want it in his timing and not yours. In verse 24, it says, In those days his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months. Now it's very interesting that she hid herself five months. It says that she hid herself five months, and thus the Lord dealt, in verse 25, it says, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my approach, the reproach of, um, among men. And it says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin and spouse to a man whose name was Joseph. Right? So we know this story here. You know, that's when we mostly hear around like Christmas time, right? So first of all, Elizabeth hid herself away for five months. And then the same angel that spoke the message to Elizabeth went to Mary and began to speak to her about and about her going to have a child. She pretty much said, hey, I've never been with a man. How can this thing be? And he said, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will, will um, overshadow you. And she pretty much accepted the word and said, so it be unto me. Right? So she received it. And then, very interesting, in this um, text, as we go on down, um, let's go over to verse 36. Now, this angel, this angel, after he told Mary about her being with child, and she says, so it be unto me, in verse 36, it says, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was barren. For with God, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And it says, And Mary, and Mary said, Behold, thy handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed her. So, it was very interesting to me when I was studying that out one time, and it's still very interesting to me now, that Elizabeth, that was barren, the Bible says she hid herself away for five months. She hid herself. And when I began to, and, and, and then it says, when the angel came to Elizabeth, um, he told her that her cousin Mary was with child in the sixth month. And it was very interesting when I began to look at that and the question started, you know, sometimes when, when you're reading the Bible, you got to ask questions. Why this? Why is it this and why is it that? 
So when I begin to look into that, they say a woman will feel when a woman is pregnant with a child by around about the 28th week or the sixth in the fourth months or six and a half months about, that's when the mother would feel the baby move. So when I was looking at this, I was like, hmm, Elizabeth hid herself away until she knew there's something alive in me. Do you know when I was, when I was reading this and the Holy Spirit began to say something, he um, began to show me something. She could see the signs that she was pregnant but she didn't feel that. How many of you in your life, you know you're pregnant with something? But you don't see it yet. You know there is something in your belly that God has placed inside of you. And you get uncomfortable. But it hasn't manifested yet. There are times in your life my God, my God. There are times in your life, in a spiritual sense, don't abort what God has placed in you because you don't see it manifesting yet. Do not abort it, in meaning you giving up on it. <laughs> Woo, my God, uh-huh. You know, when a woman can get pregnant, a baby can live, I, I didn't look this up, I'm just kind of hearing this, I don't know the time frame, a baby can live outside of the womb at a certain spot, I don't know where that was. But sometimes there are issues going on and then they want to get induced, they want to induce you so that you will give birth too soon. You are not giving birth at the appointed time. And I want to encourage you, no matter what God has placed inside of your belly, that he's calling you to. Don't try to get it induced that you give birth to something before it's time. Because when you give a child is birth before it's time, there is complications. And see, when you spiritually birth something that's not time to give birth yet, okay, let me talk about it. Well, um, I feel a call so I know if I can get to know this person they can help me out there before it's time. You have to allow God to orchestrate your delivery. Yes. My God, my God. Stop trying to birth something that's not ready to be birthed yet. Some of you that have been pregnant before and, and, and things I heard when, oh, I'd be glad when I get this baby out of me. Because it's uncomfortable. You know, when you are pregnant with something and the Holy Ghost got a vision in you, you get like this. You get all angsty. You ready to get it out. I'm ready. <laughs> but do you know, you may think you're ready, but you ain't been through the process yet. You have to understand that you have to go through the process. So when you do give birth, it will flourish. But you see this stuff. Well, if I can get close to that pastor over there, you know, if I can, he can launch me out. Mm. 
and some don't have the, the discernment to know that it's not time for that person to launch. But they get so engrossed with, oh, they want to be with me. I want, And you launch people out prematurely, and then they fail. Don't rush the process. Understand whatever you are impregnated with in the spirit realm. God knows the exact place and the time that the people that he's going to have you connected with that's going to be like, what's it called? Um, goodness. What's that? Midwife, yes. A midwife. Spiritual. Going to help you birth that thing out of you. But some people, they get impatient. I've been, I've been sitting here for two months and nobody use it, nobody calling me. However, however long it may be. Well, Pastor, this is true stories. True stories. Well, Pastor, uh, I feel God leading us someplace else because we're being used over there. God bless you. True stories. That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. People want to launch out. They want to give birth before that baby has been developed. They want to give birth before, before, before they have been through the process. Before they have been through the fire. They want to, or a baby, they may find themselves in the fire. I don't like this. It's uncomfortable. I need to move out. I need to get out of the fire so I can be used. I've been in the fire long enough. Hmm. My God. This is wood in here. But if you go in, go into some big building that got like a lot of um, what I'm seeing is like I-beams going across, right? The metal beams. What if the person, the, uh, the refiner that was putting that iron in the fire put it in, took it out, and said, uh, I'm tired of it being there and I'm going to go ahead and put it in use. And it has not been strengthened. And they go and put it up there and before you know it, something happened and it caves in and killed people. And so in the spirit realm, when you begin to operate in a place before God had called you to that place, you can kill people spiritually. You can cause people to stumble. You can cause people to stumble, you can hurt people, and cause people to walk away from God because you thought you were ready. Some people just put themselves out there, I'm ready, but they ain't been in the fire long enough. They haven't got strong and fortified. They may have to look. Do you understand a beam can go in the fire 
one down to the fire and come out and look like it's ready. You can stand on it and go like this. It doesn't bend. But when the pressure comes, it gives way. It begins to bend. It even break. It can collapse. When you, hallelujah, Jesus, you have to stay in the fire. Ooh, Jesus. Uh-huh. Thank you, Lord. True story. When I came to Ohio, when we came to Ohio in 2020, came here to go to World Harvest Bible College, I was in a service, and they had a missionary conference or something. They brought these big, huge flags coming through. I mean, they came from the back, and they split up one, they came and boy, when I saw that flag from Mexico, whoo, I went up in the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes, God, calling us to Mexico. Erica, Erica. God, calling us to Mexico. Because I had the left the military after 10 years of service ago. God said so. We had went to North Carolina. We moved to Ohio because God says so. Oh, yes. You know what my wife said? She said, well, baby, um, maybe uh, you should finish Bible college first. And, <laughs> you know, then let's see what God is saying. The wisdom. What would have happened? <laughs> If I will launch out there prematurely, you wouldn't have been sitting here, and I wouldn't have been standing here. I want you to understand, but even after I graduated, I went back another, even when I officially graduated in 2005. Lord said, go to this church. It was a very traditional, 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 traditional church. Traditional. I say traditional. Collar, white collar, you know, black suit, white collar. First Sunday. That's everybody wear that. So, our kids was part of the children's choir. For those that may have seen Kim come in here sometime, Kim was in the children's choir. And I had told my wife, babe, uh, the Lord's telling them to come here. She was like, mm -mm, mm -mm. And then one day, we, were, we had went to that service because the children was, because our kids were singing in the choir. I'm like, babe, we, this is, this is, I'm gonna go here. Then the Holy Ghost had to talk to her. Yes, well, the thing is, the Lord just, I was just broken and submitted. Um, no, that was not a place where I would have planned on going. Um, but I, I say this, we, we need to be obedient when the Lord speaks to us. 
um, and even concerning the fire or even co concerning being uncomfortable, that there's a reason why he has us in the places that he has us in. And for myself, I had to, well, he broke, he just broke me. I don't know how else to call it. And, and, and I submitted to that five years um, there. So she says she submitted to five years there. And the Lord taught her, taught me. Woo. Taught me how to submit my prophetic gift. I'm, I'm fire. I come out of world harvest and I go to a traditional church where it calls. I'm like, Lord. But I knew that's what God, but I was excited to go there because I knew he had spoken. But I got in there, Bob was like, oh God, this is just. But God had to, he had to get me in a place that I learn to submit my gift. I had to get in a place where I had to learn to submit my gift because I was very prophetic. And at that time, I'd been following the prophetic. As I know, a good five years, man, I was, who? God said, da 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 Go at it. Cut whoever. It don't matter. You can cut you around me. But I had to learn. And my pastor at that time, in my mind, this man, he don't know. Holy Ghost. Tradition, we got But I had to settle myself. God, what do you say, the truth? God had to mature me. Cause I had a bunch of fire, boy. I was ready to go. Just graduated from Bible college, ma'am. I'm gonna go in this traditional church, fire. Bring it. Then I had to learn to submit that gift to someone in my mind didn't flow in the prophetic. You know, you better watch that too. For those who got all them gifts in you. Gotta learn how to submit that gift. Oh, just that I remember, and I remember when we first uh, came to visit, um, and um, Anton at that time, who was not Apostle Anton, he he had he gave a message, and I I just I could discern it, I could just discern it in my spirit, and I was just back there praying for him, because I knew that. <laughs> There were things that he were just on the tip of releasing, but I mean, just seeing him draw back and, and me even coming into the understanding, having been in church all my life, me coming into the understanding that this is where God broke him and made him because we were in Bible college, we, we saw Antone operate with the gifts of the Holy Spirit in discernment. I mean, he didn't know a lot of things about us. And I remember when he, he spoke into me and Reggie's life. You know, we were much older than them. And I just remember we were going, what is, me and my husband like, what is Anton and Erica doing over there? I mean, we, it was like they were like a fish out of water. But we also saw them bring the water 
but it was, it was over time. It was over time, but we know it was a difficult place. So you have to understand. Five years. After that five-year journey, the next church was Harvard's International Embassy, where I met our dear sisters back there. At Harvard, yeah, two of you. We met y'all there at Harvard's International Embassy. And, and we laid ground there. Remember, and I, I, I've been locked up five years. I'm ready. Some of y'all heard this before, but many of you have not, so I'm just repeating myself. For those that have heard it before, this is where the Lord had me to go. I haven't got off the notes, but when I met in, with Apostle Clyde, some of y'all had met them in Prophetess Shaharazah. They were our former pastors at Harvest. I remember when I went there, hey, Apostle, you got my cord, Living Waters Ministries. I may be going out sometime, you know, just, I'm just letting you know. It's okay, no problem, no problem, it's okay, good. Started getting plugged in there. The Lord said, put it on the shelf. That was in 2010, I think. He said, put it on the shelf. I had a vision, wrote out diagrams, and I remember it was this envelope, and I never seen that envelope again, I don't think. I physically took it in this envelope, and I, well not, sorry, it was actually like a folder, and I put it, physically put it on the shelf. God said, get behind another man's, help him build his, and I will build yours. But as I begin to grow in the Lord, the Lord give me see, this is not mine anyway. It's all his, but that's where I was at. He had to speak to me where I was at. He was dealing with and dealing with me with knowledge. This is where I this is where this is where I was. I put my ministry, Living Waters Ministries. Living Waters Ministries they never come forth. But I had the people that was going to be in here, my friend Thomas and my letter, they're going to do this. Ah, boy, I had to draw a diagram. When the apostle, when we met with him, hey, Apostle Clyde, yeah, living in this ministry. You good with that? I may be going out sometime. He didn't go out no place. <laughs> but from that, that's where trans God ordained transition took place. We got ordained as elders there. Then we got set forth as pastors. That ministry closed down and a freedom center launched. Ten years ago, next year. Huh? And they will be our 10th year speakers. So it's not a thing like, well, I'm, I'm out here on my own now. I ain't, like, I don't need y'all. Uh-uh. They're going to be our, our speakers on the 10th year anniversary. So you have to understand something. Allow God to birth this out of you. 
in his timing. Even if you think things are running behind schedule, <laughs> boy, the enemy will place the stuff in our head, think we are behind schedule. Wow, well, I should have been farther than I was. You know, I should be farther than I am now. One thing that the Holy Ghost said to me, he said, I will take you and I will accalculate you and I will redeem the time. Mm, 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 mm. My God, my God, my God. God. God will redeem the time. God know when you need to give birth. Well, Lord, you spoke to this this to me five years ago. But you understand that his ways are not ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. Ours. God knows where we need to be. It's a matter of us submitting to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now, as we go forth over the weeks, maybe next week, that's one of the purposes of the Holy Ghost, to lead and guide you into all truth. He'd be like that GPS turn here, and even though it don't make sense to you, but it's important to follow his instructions. How many of you have been on, have your GPS on your phone, and on Google Maps, and it's telling you to go this way, but you're like, well, I can go that way right there. But it's up, well, you know what, I'm going this way. And then you go get in a traffic jam. And you go get stuck in traffic. Like, man, I should have listened to my GPS. Done it. I've done it. I came, truthfully, I came into a point with the GPS. Okay, it, well, it's saying go this way. I'm going that way. I don't know why, but I'm going that way. I remember one time we were traveling. Um, I think we were in Texas someplace. I'm driving down the road, everything fine. My GPS is telling me to get off on this service road. I'm like, what am I going to get on the service road for the traffic flowing? So, I'm going to get off on the service road. Went, and I went down about another mile. Man, traffic was backed up for miles. You couldn't get back off. You know how it is? Well, for those who've been over in Texas, boy, you had them long stretches, and you can't get off. It ain't nothing but road. And I just driving down, I'm like, whoa. I follow the GPS. But the thing is, spiritually, we have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? We have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And uh, let me just share this a little bit, and then we'll pick back up next week. Let me read this. Um, Luke chapter 1. Let's go down to verse 40, a very key scripture here, very key thing here. Luke chapter 1, verse 40. This is Mary. Uh, before it said, Mary arose and went with haste, for the angel told her, Hey, your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant with child in the sixth month. In verse 40, it says, and um, let's talk about Mary. It says, and enter into the house of Zacharias to salute Elizabeth. And it came to pass that Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, and the baby leaped in her womb. I'll just stop right there for a second. It says that the baby leaped in her womb. 
The baby leaked in her womb. It says in verse 41, and then it says, and Elizabeth was what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. So I really believe what took place, the prophecy was that the baby John would be filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. Now, we see it says that Mary was filled with the Holy Ghost, right? But it says when she heard the salutation, when she heard the greeting of her cousin Mary, the baby leaped. And I believe that was a divine filling of the Holy Ghost inside of her womb of John, who later became known as John the Baptist. Now watch what happened next, though. It says, and the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Now watch what happened after she was filled with the Holy Ghost. It says, it says in verse 42, and she spake with a loud voice and said, now, what happened? She was filled with the Holy Ghost, and she began to speak with a loud voice, and she began to prophesy something. Let's look at it. Now, let's take it. Okay. Let's hold on. One second. Mary entered the house. The scripture does not record, hey, Mary, I heard you pregnant. Hey, Mary, I'm pregnant. The scripture said, when Elizabeth heard the salutation, the baby leaped, and then she was filled immediately with the Holy Ghost. Then it says, first verse 2, and she spake with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And on whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thou salutation sounded in my ear, the baby leaped in my womb for what? Joy. And joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it says in verse 45, And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be performed of those things which were told her from the Lord. That was a prophetic word then released through Elizabeth. When Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to go here, but we're going to go more in depth as we go along. It don't say that she started speaking in tongues. But she was filled with the Holy Ghost and began to prophesy. Now, who God. Now, as we go on down, I'm really going to stop. Let me go to verse 67. Well, this kind of goes all together, so I got to say this part. So, anyway, yeah. You know what? Let's stop it. Yeah. Verse 67. And it says, And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and did what? Prophesied. So, 
I just skipped a section there, but go back and read it. And I'm going to close this, and I'm going to turn it off. I'm not going to turn it back on. But what happened there? Remember, if Zacharias was done, because he didn't believe the angel. The angel called him to be done for it. He couldn't speak. Until this thing came to pass. So, Zacharias, the angel told Zacharias that Elizabeth was going to have a son. Right? And to name his name John. Now, what happened as they went along and when Elizabeth gave birth, the people there, when they came to, when they came to uh, circumcise John, well, the baby, didn't have a name, eight, when they came to eight days later, when they came eight days later, when uh, they came eight days later to circumcise him, they called him Zacharias. His mother said, no, not so. Why did she say, no, not so? Because even though Zacharias did not have the ability to speak, he had to communicate to his wife that the angel said that the baby name was to be John. So she said, no, not so. She said, his name is John. And the man said, well, you have nobody pretty much in your lineage, nobody in your family with the name of John. So they turned to Zechariah. And he took something and he wrote out John. And they said that he was all, they said that he, that they were amazed with what manner of man is this. And then, as we read in the scripture, when he received and he spoke forth, well, he didn't speak, he wrote John, his tongue was loose and he praised God. And then he began to prophesy. But it says he was filled with the Holy Ghost and then he began to prophesy. I'm going to close my Bible. I ain't opening it back up, but we're going to start back there next week in 6 or 7. There is a journey that we are on. God wants us to understand the fullness of who the Holy Spirit is in our life. Because when we get to the place as the body of Christ, we really begin, begin to understand the fullness of who the Holy Ghost is. Man, we're going to start walking in something. What I begin to hear this morning, coming into this new year, there's a new level of, well, well what I heard was, what I heard was the year of the Holy Ghost. We are going to step into another place as we surrender. As we surrender. Now, there's some places that God wants us to go as a people. But we have to surrender to the Holy Ghost and start leaning to our own understanding and our timetable. Our timetable. I'm telling you, everything I just spoke about the given birth and the midwife and us being pregnant, 
None of that is in my notes. Understand. This is what the Holy Ghost is releasing. That he wants us, us, including myself, us, to grab hold of. Because he didn't speak that to me when I was studying. I just had a bunch of scripture, and I was, honestly, I'll just be real. I was like thinking, well, Lord, this is a lot of scripture. But, But the Holy Ghost is the thing of surrendering to the leading of the Holy Ghost. No matter what you may write down. So, so I'm saying this. I'm saying this, and I you know what the Lord was showing me, as more of a teaching moment. So when you get up here and you have these notes, and the Holy Ghost begin, begin to give you divine insight into the text, don't worry about that. Flow in the Holy Ghost. Now, I ain't say flow in your flesh. <laughs> flow in the Holy Ghost. Flow in the Holy Ghost. Hmm. More to come on that. But, y'all, God wants us to step into another place. Another level of trust. Trust. Oh, my, 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 my. Another level of trust. The song we're praying, I trust in God, my Savior. Do you really trust him? Are you spiritually aware of the Holy Ghost in your life? Are you every time the enemy do something, or you perceive the enemy is doing something? Oh, the devil busy. He devil doing. Oh, the what is the Holy Ghost doing? What is the Holy Ghost doing in your life? Sometimes we be so quick to say what the devil is doing. What is the Holy Ghost doing? Hallelujah, Jesus. I could go on. I got more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. God is good. God is good. All right. Everybody stand with me, please. (laughs)